and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery and today we're talking about the best movie in the history of the land. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's been decided and ruled upon. No more fighting. Uh, the Princess Bride. So, before we get into all of the science that's in mm. the Princess Bride, um, <laughs> we mentioned in the la- in our last episode that this uh, is our last official Nature Finds a Way episode, and the reason for that is because we're starting a new podcast. Uh, you heard it here first. We are taking our nerdy analytical brains into the wider world of rom coms. Get ready for less science and more meat cutes. Yes. And The Princess Bride seemed like the perfect bridge from biology and nature into the romance genre. Um, We're going to have a trailer with even more details coming at the end of May 2022, if you're listening to this far in the future. Uh, But we're super excited to announce that our new podcast, Charts and Hearts, will be launching right here on this podcast feed in June. Hooray! We're very excited. We have a very long list of movies. Oh, yes. Oh, man. So, so and it's, long. Oh, you're, you're in for, well, we're in for some good times because we get to watch them. And if you would like to join us, then you are also in for good times. Indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but before all of that, The Princess Bride. Yeah. We didn't really talk about where we wanted to start because we got distracted by playing <laughs> with the different ampersands in our new logo. Indeed. But anyway. Very important. <laughs> um, if you don't know. Princess Bride is a movie. Yes, indeed. It is a movie. It is based on a book, but we are specifically t- specifically talking about the movie. Uh, William Goldman wrote both the book and the screenplay. Um, mm-hmm. It, yeah, it came out in 1987. It's a classic. It was a classic from day one. I don't even care what you say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Carrie Elway's Robin Wright pen or Robin Wright. Robin Wright at that point. Are spectacular um i just it's so great it's ridiculous it's silly it's romantic it's swoonworthy and there's some cool nature science stuff that might be kind of a stretch but hence our transition <laughs> movie exactly <laughs> <laughs> and yeah we'll probably come back and redo this movie mm-hmm. in the lens of our future podcast um but for now do you want to start with something that's also not nature yeah, so we are a nature podcast, One Last Ride, and soon we'll be a romance podcast, but we're never going to be a sword fighting podcast. But some of the sword fighting in this movie is some of the best movie sword fighting in all movies. And Indeed. that's not me saying it, that's sword fighters saying that. Bob Anderson did a lot of the choreography. He did Lord of the Rings and it was Errol Flynn and um, was in the Vader suit in uh, new hope at the end yeah and all of that stuff um so there's some amazing youtube links that we'll put in the show notes that break down both of the sword fights and how intense and like carrie always and an and an eagle montoya yeah <laughs> mandy patinkin did uh-huh. all of their own sword fighting the only thing that was a stunt person was 
Wesley's flippity flip on yeah, the Yeah, which is vine. like, when you watch it, it's super obvious that it's not him because it's yeah. like super zoomed out. Um, yeah. yeah. And then he like lands five feet away from his sword. And then the next shot, he's like right next to his sword. Indeed. Um, yeah, this this YouTuber, uh, Jill Barrup, does these awesome like sword fighting and stage combat uh, like analysis and stuff. And yeah, she's got a, at least two Princess Bride ones and they're outstanding. And all, all of her stuff is outstanding too. Well worth a uh, YouTube rabbit hole. It is. It's a really good one. My sister sent me a bunch and then I ended up staying up really late and then I really wanted to watch Pirates of the Caribbean again and then that was a whole thing. And Anyway, Indeed. just the first one. Just the first oh, one. Yeah. No, only the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's get into some science. Indeed. Um, first With up. eels. Shrieking eels. Yeah. Shrieking eels are at the, towards the beginning of the film, uh, like when she is first kidnapped by... Uh, Inigo Montoya and Vicini and everybody and she tries to escape by swimming in the water and there are shrieking eels. To the best of my knowledge, eels don't shriek. Yeah. But eels... I don't know why they would. I don't know. Eels are found in fresh and salt water. Uh, eels are fish. They're in anguilliforms, uh, which is all these eels. They are bony fish, so they have bones rather than cartilage like sharks and they are ray finned fish so they have like normal fins that they've then mostly lost they do have little tiny pectoral fins um and they're they're really really weird they they uh range in lots of sizes they can be really tiny or up to like there's kind of two competitions for largest eel there's the heaviest eel which is the european conger 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 i have no idea sure um I don't know. and then there's the uh, slender giant moray which is the longest eel so slender giant morays are about four meters long and european congers european congers are only one and a half meters long but they can weigh like 72 kilos or 159 pounds which is what ridiculous how are they still eel shaped uh they're just real fat <laughs> real chunky <That's> weird <laughs> yeah um whereas the the slender morays are like skinnier yeah yeah, yeah. Like, they're very yeah snaky yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah Much so snakier. these ones spend a lot of time at the surface mm-hmm. maybe because they're sh- they need to shriek i don't know yeah i don't know um they were invented for the movie in yes. this book it's sharks yes um i don't really know why they changed it but whatever um i think a shrieking eel sounds better like it yeah maybe i don't know just the idea of a shrieking eel is cool yeah and fantastical yeah even though it's like kind of meant to be real world. Um, in the movie, the eels do have big pointy teeth and eels in real life do have teeth. Um, especially things like mores and, and these conjure eels have teeth, which uh, makes them real scary when they stick their head out. Yeah. At you. But eels are awesome. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them before, but I can't remember why. Um. Uh... I couldn't tell you, but you know, oh. it might be in the show notes if there's a, an episode where we talked a lot about eels for some reason that we are forgetting. Um, eels are really cool. They're migratory spawners. So they like migrate from one area to another to do their spawning, which is cool. And they're found all over, all over the oceans. There's tropical eels and uh, temperate eels, all kinds of stuff. Yay eels. As far as I know, they don't eat people. Well, we don't know if the he was going to eat her. It's true. They're trying to tell her that the eels are going to eat her, but they have a, yeah. they have an interest in getting her back on the ship. Exactly. So yeah, maybe teeth, maybe they're just trying. Maybe he just wanted to bite. Yeah, know. or just maybe they're just like territorial, which they are. They have like little caves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and they are nocturnal often, which you know it was nighttime in the movie. So into the 
fire swamp we go um where most of this nature indeed <laughs> <takes> place <laughs> yeah otherwise it's just like horses <laughs> yeah um so the first thing is the flame spurt mm-hmm. and i don't know enough about gas but i wrote gas and you wrote sulfur and methane maybe so swamps in general have a lot of anaerobic processes which can produce methane so swamp gas or marsh gas is mostly methane and it's also got like hydrogen sulfide and some carbon dioxide and some other stuff and it basically happens so the top layer of vegetation that normally like has holes in it like is porous to allow gas exchange as it starts to rot it forms this crust that keeps the oxygen like there's no um air like gas exchange mm-hmm. with the surface like with the air anymore so then yeah. all the oxygen gets used up and then you have anaerobic or like no air which produces mm-hmm. methane instead of carbon dioxide mostly so um you get this marsh gas forming and then so global wetlands are known to like be a large source of methane which is you know relevant for global warming and climate change mm-hmm. but also methane is flammable and so there's like this um like folklore thing of will-o'-the-wisps and which is also where like the original jack-o'-lantern was a will-o'-the-wisp not in a pumpkin um and it's basically thought to have been inspired by spontaneously uh combusting mixture of gases which includes methane and then also phosphine diphosphine and sorry phosphine and diphosphine so when the three of those mix they can spontaneously combust um, hmm. not in like a giant flame plume like we have in the fire swamp like in the one. fire yeah. no flame spurt yeah in the fire in the fire swamp um the flame spurts but more in just in like glowiness sort of like bioluminescence oh, creepy yeah. super creepy um but you know if there was a if there was a spark then the meth like if there was a big bunch of yeah, methane coming would. up then it could it could burst like that in the movie hmm. yeah that's cool chemistry spontaneous combustion yeah. good times mm-hmm. Yeah, helps mm. you defeat the biggest rodents, mm. which in real life are capybaras. Yeah, which are so cute. <laughs> just like laugh for like five minutes. I'm like, those those aren't scary at all. No, if you want a movie where capybara are featured heavily, uh, Encanto. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Indeed, but yes, they are very cute. So don't know capybaras are mammals they're mm-hmm. herbivores they're rodents that's the whole thing they're mm-hmm. the biggest rodent yeah so yeah capybaras are about double the size of a north american beaver uh they're quite mm-hmm. big and so like i think the our us's in the movie are like relatively decent sized for a capybara but they were actually played by people in rat costumes yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> which makes sense yeah uh so capybaras are three and a half to four and a half feet in length mm-hmm 20 to 24 inches tall and 77 to 145 pounds. So cute. And they're very, they have like coarse sort of brownish fur. Yeah. And they're good swimmers. Um, Yeah. And they've got, yeah, they've got cute fur that makes them look fluffy. Yeah. And they've got funny faces. Yeah. They're always judging you. Something about their eyes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And they're in the group of rodents, like uh, along with guinea pigs. So then if we're speaking specifically about rats, the largest yes. rat in the world is the Gambian pouched rat, which 
which is found in Africa, and it uh, reaches up to nine pounds, although it's usually more like three pounds, and it's Mm -hmm. 20 to 35 inches long, and it basically just looks like a rat, but bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I know, definitely not capybaras, Mm because they're herbivores, Mm -hmm. but I don't think any rodents would fight like that. No, because they're they're all like predator animals, not, or sorry, they're all prey animals. Prey animals, yeah, and, and... scavengery yes kind yeah. of they're not aggressive predators they will yeah. they're like they're territorial and defensive and will protect themselves but they're not like mm-hmm. out yeah. to get you exactly but our us's we don't know <laughs> we don't know well it's just like like it's not a question of like how would a rodent act at that size because we know that yeah. capybaras are pretty decent size that way yeah but it's just like so it'd have to be they'd have to evolve to be predators indeed yeah also which is unusual in the world of rodents as far as i know Mm -hmm. um and then towards the end of the fire swamp is i think they call it lightning sand but it's basically quicksand and it made me completely terrified of quicksand yeah okay so this is this is the thing which i don't maybe it's just a millennial thing but like was everybody afraid of quicksand and that you were going to encounter quicksand in your life Oh, yeah. child. I thought it was everywhere. Like, what was that about? Is it the same kind of thing as, like, just growing up in the 80s of, like, they're going to stick, they're going to stick needles and put drugs into your Halloween candy and, like, and all of that kind yeah, of like stuff? Yeah, like razor blades just, and just, apples. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's just Maybe. what it was at that time? I think so. I think it's just one of those urban legends. And then, yeah, you see this movie as a child. And I think there was something mm-hmm. else. I feel like it was, like, a cartoon where they go in quicksand at some point i'm assuming um this one was weird because the sand was really dry i always thought that quicksand was like more mud than sand or like a mix of mud and sand i don't know it's a granular yeah Mm -hmm. salt silt or clay and water so it creates a liquefied soil yeah uh forms with saturated loose sand when it's agitated Mm. And then the water yeah. in the sand can't escape, so it forms a liquefied soil that loses strength that cannot support weight. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, you think about even just mud. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, but it still has some density to it. It's not, like, falling through air, like, in this movie. Or it's not even, like, falling... Oh, I know what I was thinking of as a cartoon. It's actually Mario. I think Mario 2 has quicksand. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Mario 3? I don't know. One of the old Mario's um, video games has quicksand that you kind of have to like jump to get out of or you if you mm-hmm. get stuck you slowly yeah. like pretty quickly go down but not as quickly as in this um yeah yeah so this is the only part of the book that i really remember is that when she's sinking she, t- she thinks back to what like wesley gave her tricks on how to survive the mm-hmm. lightning sand and a, a book it's basically the same tricks as all the quicksand psas that you now see like i went I Google quicksand and a bunch of just PSAs of like how to survive quicksand came up, which yeah. did not help my childhood fear. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> there's quicksand in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was the same thing of like, don't breathe, spread your arms. Yeah. And then I don't know what has happens if you're completely covered because uh, no one will ever find you unless Wesley's there. But yeah. So it says here though, it is impossible for a human to sink entirely into quicksand because it's dense. So like you okay. you float on top of quicksand like we are less dense than quicksand. Um, Good. Some things will go into it and you will go further down. So if you and if you panic, it will like further like yeah. if you have sand and you look and you wiggle on it, it will 
like liquefy more mm-hmm. and then you can go you go down instead of up but yeah like mm-hmm. if you're just still you can't you float on quicksand basically hmm. yeah yeah well that makes me feel better but if you're stuck even if just your foot's stuck you it's like you're stuck in a rock right like you sunstroke yeah. hypothermia rising tide all, all that things. stuff but yeah. like yeah less likely and then how do they get you out um pour water on it no, it says, the, so yeah, to move within the quicksand, a person, I'm just reading from the Wikipedia because I am not an ex- expert on pressure. Quicksand person? Yeah. A person or object must apply sufficient pressure on the compacted sand to reintroduce enough water to liquefy it. The forces required to do this are quite large. To remove a quick foot from quicksand at a speed of one centimeter per second would require the same amount of force that's needed to lift a car. So basically you just, beside the person, you wiggle the sand to make the water float above the solid bit, part yeah. and then you mm-hmm. yeah and then it becomes then looser so that you can get out kind of, yeah whoop. um so yeah here but it, then it talks about um quicksand in pop culture uh ah. the quicksand um gimmick had a heyday in the 1960s when almost three percent of all films showed characters sinking in clay mud or sand according to huh. some article by slate <laughs> yeah Amazing. Weird. <laughs> so we, it wasn't even like a millennial thing. It's like a thing that yeah. our parents were afraid of and then transferred that fear to us. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that's weird. I'm sure there must be other ones in the 80s as well, but that's probably because the movies in the 80s were made by the people who, who grew up with the movies in the 60s. In the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess um, the Sarlacc pick doesn't help. No. Yeah. Um, but that's just normal sand and then a giant monster. Yeah. It's not quicksand. I don't know. But still. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't and know. There's definitely, I feel like there, I'm sure there was something on Gilligan's Island where they made a trap for somebody oh, in the quicksand. Sure. Yeah. Just in all of those kinds of movies or whatever, Full House Goes to Hawaii. Like yeah. All of those. For sure. Brady for sure. Bunch. Not that I watch Brady Bunch, but <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of them everywhere. Oh my gosh. So ridiculous. But I yes. think it was just, yeah, it was like a trope. Yeah. Of tropical places. Yeah. Or like adventure movies. Anyways. Sure, maybe MacGyver got stuck in some somewhere. I don't know. There's no quicksand in Vancouver. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's definitely like, like I've gotten like not permanently stuck, but I've like my foot has come out of my gumboot in a, in a yeah. marsh, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten and my boot back, but it's it's wet. <laughs> it's yeah, the uh, marsh and mud for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't scare me as much as quicksand, probably because I've been in it and I can understand it. Exactly. When I so, think quicksand would be the same, just like, don't yeah. panic, like spread out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, we've talked way too much about quicksand. <laughs> it was time for me to get over my fear. Indeed. It was very therapeutic. Indeed. Um, so there's not really too much else uh, nature or science in this movie. Um, they talk about iocane powder, but it is fictional. Um, yep. It is not a real poison. Nope. There's lots of poisons that you, you know, will kill you instantly and stuff but i don't know how many of those are odorless and tasteless and most of them you can't build up an immunity to yeah exactly Um, the the building up an immunity part is weird like it seems like it would be i don't know anyways i'm not a i don't know there's just me either but there's just like he he got a lot of skills in only five years yeah um which is fine but obviously he had good he was good good strong farm boy beforehand so maybe he had some. Yeah, I think he he just he continued that, but... to develop his skills as yeah 
as the but building powder. up an immunity to iodine powder sounds like it would take longer. Yes, but I don't know. Yes, indeed. Maybe he took it every day. Like or maybe, maybe like he built up an immunity in terms of like he there's some sort of antidote that you can like take over a period oh, maybe, of time yeah. rather than like microdosing in iodine powder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. And then the six fingered man. Um, yeah, I feel like we talked about polydactyly at some point. I don't know how, when. No, me neither. But I remember googling it, so I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so polydactyly is the um, like condition of having extra um, toes or fingers, and um, it's most common to have just on one hand or one finger, like the six fingered man. And there's a few kinds of of polydactyly so there's preaxial so it's located outside of your thumb or big toe so that's called radial um, polydactyly on your hand so it's like coming off off your radius the bone on the thumb side of your Mm -hmm. forearm and then there's postaxial which is on the outside of your little finger i'm pretty sure that's what is in the movie and that's ulnar polydactyly and then there is also central polydactyly so you have an extra digit between your fingers and toes oh Um, and it's it can be genetically passed down, but it can also just be sort of like a spontaneous thing that happens. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they if if babies and it's a it's congenital, so babies are born with it. It doesn't like you don't spontaneously grow an extra one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also sometimes it can be that like a finger has two fingertips is also a kind of polydactyly. Ooh, yeah, that kind of freaks me. Yeah. Out. So like an like a sixth finger, like. Yeah, you'd have to have custom gloves and stuff. It wouldn't be that bad. But if you have like a small extra digit or if it's like not well attached or has weird mm-hmm. um, wheeled yeah. innervation, like strange nerves or blood vessels to it, then they will often remove it um, surgically. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I know I about know. Yeah, actually. One of those things. And the, the thing I think it was also from the book is like the sword was made for him because he has six fingers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then Inigo can use it with both of his hands. Nope problem so i don't know but i also again not a sword fighting podcast i don't know anything about swords and what it means to have an extra finger maybe it's like and maybe it works so it just has like an extra groove for that sixth finger but if you only have five but if you don't have one then it's just Mm -hmm, empty mm -hmm. maybe yeah maybe and that well that would make sense if there's grooves because then if you switch hands then there's still groove i don't know yeah 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 yeah. otherwise it would be like a a sword you can only use with one hand yeah like scissors or something yeah I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like if you have six fingers, you would need a slightly modified sword or would prefer a slightly modified sword. But mm-hmm. y- if you were, if you had the standard number of fingers, you could probably use a six fingered sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we probably. see. And especially if you're a sword fighting expert like um, yep. Inigo Montoya. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Hooray. Uh, amazing. Anyways, if you haven't watched Princess Bride for a long time, highly recommend it. It's great. Just do it. It's on Disney Plus. If you're too lazy to dig out your DVDs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she said. Um, yeah, exactly. And you can also Google the, some reunion photos and Ugh. stuff. Every single reunion photo from when they did one for Entertainment Weekly in like mm. 2011. And then they did a Zoom reading for um, Charity in 2020. Yeah. Every single one. Billy Crystal's wearing his Miracle Max hat in. Oh, <laughs> it's my just God. amazing. That is... Yeah, like we didn't really have much condition to talk about Miracle Max in this movie, but I think nope. like Billy Crystal and Carol Kane are my favorite part of the movie. 
Like I just I know I am. Um, I can't even talk about it because I start, would start laughing too much. Yeah. So one of the only injuries in the movie mm. is uh, Maddie Patinkin bruised a rib from trying not to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I think he also like broke rib- his he broke his foot or something too. But like yeah, yeah. no carry on. Car- carry on. Yeah, carry on. Broke his foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why he sticks his leg out mm-hmm. when they sit down. And I've always noticed and didn't know why until I, I know. And now you him, can't unsee it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mandy Patinkin bruising his ribs from not laughing makes me think of how Chris Evans hurt his biceps in the, when they were filming the helicopter scene because he had to flex too much. Yeah. Looks <laughs> like it's those kinds so of So good. And yeah. And like, I think, um, like William Goldman, like left the set cause he just was losing it yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so great. I can't even like I Ugh. like the alts and the outtakes and stuff of that would just be like so crazy. That is one thing like I have one some like special edition DVD or Blu-ray I can't remember, um, and I know it has like some really good like behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff. So I am slightly regretting not pulling it out, but I would have had to plug in my DVD player and I know right. Ugh, way too much work. One day, <laughs> one day, next time, next yep. time. Ugh. Yeah, maybe next time we watch the movie for the new podcast. Mm-hmm. I can think of some topics to say already. Indeed, indeed. Um, if you have questions about uh, eels and rats of unusual size, <laughs> I mean, the other thing is like rats of unusual size could be like teeny tiny rats, right? It's yep, just unusual. It's true. Uh- <laughs> it's just unusual. <laughs> Anyways, if you have questions about any of that, you can uh, find us on social media. We're at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. We will not be back in two weeks because this is the last M. Yeah. Um, But in approximately two weeks, if everything goes according to plan, the trailer for Charts and Hearts will be up. And then new episodes for that, we'll start in June, and we'll have lots of exciting things to announce about that. Yes. And social and website and everything. And yeah, and it should... All the stuff. We're, our plan it is should, to keep it in this podcast feed, so yes. you shouldn't have to things. You shouldn't anything. have to do anything except continue to enjoy our beautiful voices and humor. Indeed, and help us come up but with we, uh, great rom-coms. Yes. But we will let you know if you do need to do anything. Indeed. That's our our solemn vow. <laughs> I solemnly swear I will tell you if you need to follow me on social media. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And in the meantime. In the meantime. Stay, stay sciencey, sciencey, friends. friends.